0: Kia ora and welcome to another Aotearoa Rugby pod. I'm Ross Carl. After a good weekend of Super Rugby in the Super Round, we found out a little bit about what's going on on each side of the Tasman and how that relates to each other now that Super Rugby Pacific has all come together. Of course, we're separated this week as well. Nobody else in the studio with me. We've got Bryn Hall over in Melbourne, of course, after the Crusaders got their win over the Rebels, including a little dot down from you, and also James Parsons, who's in the airport. So I think Air New Zealand's put the flight on hold so we can finish the show, right, Jipper? Is that is that the case?
1: Yeah, absolutely. They're big fans of the pod, so they're like, you've got to get it done, mate, before you head
0: off. Excellent. I, I hope you can watch it on demand on their screens while you're flying back. <laughs> you're making me at home, so if we hear a bing-bong, we know it's time for you to go and we'll just have to carry on as planned. Well, why don't we get straight into the quick fire round? Let's start off with you, Jipper. Match of the round for you.
1: Well, I found this one quite tough. I thought all of them were, were, were fairly good games, but um, I suppose the one for me is it was the Chiefs game. Um, you know, Obviously, a couple of cards. The fight back of the Waratahs um, and then the clean finish from the Chiefs is, was extremely entertaining
2: and, and a great way, I suppose, to open up the weekend. Mine was actually probably the Brumbies and Highlanders. I think more so for um, you know, the Super Rugby round uh, in Melbourne. For the fact for an Australian team to get a result was really important. And look, I think they'd um, be able to get a convincing win against the, the Highlanders, which was a great start for their season, and playing the, the New Zealand Conference conference at the moment and then I thought actually the, the Reds and the Hurricanes um, was a good game as well. Um, Reds are probably sitting here today or yesterday um, thinking they got they let one away there having a 17 point lead and um, you know the Hurricanes scoring 30 un- points after that.
0: Player of the round for you?
2: Oh, player of the round was actually, I actually gave it to Jack Goodhue because he, it took him a year to come back so <laughs> just personally uh, been able to have, um, you know, play some, some meaningful minutes after a massive injury where, we you know, he we was touch and go there for a while, so I went not with you.
1: Yeah, I have to agree, I think uh, Jack looked awesome, but uh, Bryn will enjoy this, it's another crusader. I thought Leicester He was
2: outstanding yesterday, um,
1: and, and mm-hmm. certainly staked his claim for that uh, All Blacks call-up.
0: So powerful, when he scored that try, it was like, how's this guy gonna be stopped? He's got like eight people on him. Um, team that improved the most for you, Jip?
1: Fiji Drawer. I think they've had yeah. some really tough weeks um, over the last few weeks, and maybe had a dip after beating the Rebels, but they were, man, they were seriously physical um, in that Blues clash and, and at times, um, you know, made made rugby look easy. And I think if you, you if there's going to be a highlights package at the end, they will feature on a number of tries because some of the <laughs> skill set they show in scoring tries is outstanding.
2: Yeah, I went for them through as well. Yeah, I think there'll be a, sore, um, a couple of sore bodies in that Blues team uh, for the next couple of days because, um, look, they were physical. Um, and you know the razzle dazzle that they have been accustomed to the last couple of weeks, and um, yeah, it was a great performance. and then probably a massive improvement um, from the week previous. Yeah, they did a spade to dig Bowden Barrett out of the ground after that hit. Like <laughs> that was
0: that was pretty solid. <coughs> did they regress the most, Brent?
2: Um, you could probably think that the Blues were thinking they wanted a bit of more polished performance, and so. I've gone for, actually, the Crusaders and the Blues for the teams that have regressed the most uh, this week.
1: Yeah, look, I sort of do agree with those comments from Brim, but I think
2: the Reds will
1: look back on that one as one that got away. <coughs> um, they put themselves in a really good position over here um, in the Aussie derbies, and now that they had that transition, they got off to such a great lead, and to let it slip um, will be disappointing for them.
0: You mentioned the Brumbies before. Last question of the quick fire round. Are they a serious title contender? This team. I mean, they beat the Highlanders. Have only got one win, but the Highlanders have also got five bonus points um, from being very close to all of the New Zealand teams.
1: They had all the ball in that first 20 minutes and didn't quite um, get the reward. I know there was one drop ball over um, the line, but then the the Highlanders fought back and put themselves in a position at 23-17. So. If they are to be genuine title contenders, they, they will want to be more clinical with their I suppose, possession and territory they had against the Landers.
2: They are. I'm also I remember last week talking about it um, was around their forward pack and if they can really dominate teams, especially these New Zealand teams, um, I think it's going to set them in, in good stead for this competition. And look, I thought they're, you know, they're, they're rolling more and they um, they're break down around when they get into that 22 metre zone with their big men around the corner. Um, it's a real positive for them. So look, if they can continue to keep winning uh, breakdowns and being efficient at the breakdown and being physical, um, look, I think it's going to give um, the New- these New Zealand teams trouble and, um, you know, the Brombees can probably um, get a few more results that kind of having that mindset and being able to do that uh, week in and week out against these Kiwi teams. Are you on a building site, mate?
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. I know I
2: am. I'm just trying to get these... Uh, uh, there's breakfast in the, in the corner, and so um, there's a bit, of, a bit of going on here. So we'll just have to adapt. Yeah, like COVID, Mate, I, like COVID, we've got to, do, got to adapt. We're trying to adapt right now.
1: Mate, if I can get the airport to shut down, uh, you can surely sort out that building site.
2: Hey, two, yeah. Sorry, i just. I think uh, I think they'll be all right. So hopefully, they can do a little bit more quieter.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thank so good <laughs>
0: We're happy for guest appearances um, off the building side if if they want to come over. Um, We've seen the Brumbies get a a win, which is great. You know, rare wins for Aussie teams against New Zealand teams in a Trans Tasman competition. But are they closer in general? Are the Aussie sides closer after this weekend? Do you feel like they've improved or got closer to the Kiwi teams as a whole?
2: Um, You know, probably the New Zealand teams probably haven't been. Uh, it's kind of the standard and the kind of clinical execution of last year. Um, and I think, I think the Australian teams have, have really improved as well. So um, I think you look at the Reds game, you probably think that in that game, the Reds probably should have won that game and they're probably kicking themselves. And the Rebels in that first half, um, you look at last year when they played, where they played us, you know, within the first 10, 15 minutes, we're up by 20 odd points you know, it was 7-3 at halftime and they really dug their heels in. And so that's probably the thing that I've felt with most of these Australian teams and the differences that they've made this year um, is that ability to stay in it longer and being able to not think New Zealand teams score off click plays, you know, turnover, attack or um, being able to score a lot of points um, um, consecutively in short amount of time. So I think there has been a, a shift with the, with the Australian teams and being able to understand that you need to stay in for long periods of time in games, and look, I think I brought up a few weeks ago um, that the ball and play has been, you know, that kind of 39 to 40 minutes in games for New Zealand games, and Australian teams haven't been able to play at that. So I think the more continuation they get to play New Zealand teams and playing at that kind of speed and being able to adapt to that, um, you know, it's going to set them up, and hopefully, um, it brings in more performances where, you know, the Reds, um, the Brumbies got to win, and even the Waratahs coming back as well, and then Dror. Um So there's a lot there for the Australian teams to like, and hopefully they can uh, continue to keep getting better. And for New Zealand teams, for us, it's probably been a lot more clinical because um, we left out a lot of opportunities out there on the, on the weekend. Jep, your thoughts?
1: Oh, look, I, I think in short, they, they have. Um, from from what I saw, I was really fortunate that I got to see every game um, light at the venue and you can sort of see um, the collisions and, and see the work off the ball a little bit better. And that's probably the biggest area they've, they've grown in is around that breakdown. If you look at, um, you know, guys like Charlie Gamble, um, Jordan from uh, the Brumbies, the open side there, Valentini, um, yeah, you know, you know, Hooper and um, Holloway at the Waratahs as well. Um, they, they're winning a lot more collisions than I think we've seen in the past, and that's allowing them to stay in these contests. Even, you know, if you use the Waratahs for example, fight their way back to potentially having an opportunity to win that game. And um, obviously, losing their hooker put them under a lot of pressure and probably uh, cost them it um, in, in the end. But I, I certainly was impressed with the with the lift and standard and the collision areas, and I think. We all, we all know that if, if you win those collision areas, you're going to give yourself uh, more opportunity than not.
2: Yeah, for us personally, we think the collision area collision area, sorry, was um, definitely a in. I think more so as well, the style of play that the Australian teams are playing at the moment, um, I don't know, for a lot of viewers, probably at the moment, New Zealand teams, um, especially the Chiefs, the Highlanders even ourselves, um, the ability to be able to not go all the way to the sideline has been massive. And so um, and what I mean by that is if you have an example, if you have, a, if you have a line out, and you hit the transition zone and you're going in, around, around the corner, um, the Australian teams are actually really good about around going right to the other right to the other edge, whereas probably um, New Zealand teams look to swing a little bit earlier so you can track players in, on that far side. And so um, with us probably seeing that, um, I only use us, for example, um, it holds more people on the open side, and so you can keep going that same way and being able to go around the corner and get more go-forward ball and being able to get over the advantage line. So I think that's one thing for us that we saw um, with the Australian teams is the ability to really go around the corner with their forwards. and if you're winning that collision area and you're short on that o- on the on the open side or short side that I just explained um it's a lot harder to be able to get set your defense line and then be able to bring line speed pressure so um I think the collision area has been a massive for them and I think David Rennie probably around that has been given a um, a dr- a massive driving factor for that Australian team and look they've probably um, come back to their to their franchise. what we're doing at the at the at the Australian level and then being able to implement it because look I think the collision area against New Zealand teams is going to be massive for Australian consistently doing it time and time again for long periods of time um, is going to set them up really well if they can continue to keep doing that and adapt to that moving forward then um, you know they can be, continue to get the results like the problem we did
0: against the Highlanders on the weekend but one thing I'd certainly notice is that they're in each other's back lines a lot there are a lot of intercepts there are a lot of people in the way
1: yeah look I, I think um, both both sides of the Tasman bring a lot of line speed pressure and uh, want to put a uh, put a bit of skill set pressure as well. A lot of the intercepts sometimes with bobble passes. Um, but I mean, the New Zealand sides, yes, they were against um, different opposition, but they were um, relatively consistent in their shapes and styles. Um, and as Bryn's alluded to, the Aussie shapes and styles are, are similar to that that what we've seen at the Wallabies level um, and and executing that. So. I think after week one, and because of all those intercepts, you'll see a lot more kicking, attacking kicking for that kick space and see if they can um, break down those, um, I suppose, those line speed pressure. Um, so so if they get a few wins with the kick in behind, naturally as defenders you're starting to think about that as well as trying to get line speed pressure. So that slows you down a little bit. And if it doesn't, then the the kick pressure will come off for the attacking side.
0: So the Super Round is all done. We had, what, uh, five games in the end and uh, four wins for Kiwis, one wins for Australians. Um, You're all in the same hotel, Bryn. Um, What's it been like being amongst all of these footy players um, all at once while you're you're roaming around the, the corridors? Yeah, it's been a um, it's been an interesting week to be honest. Um, I think it's been great to be able to connect
2: with players, and if you, if you know, a lot of us know each other. You know, a lot of guys playing in similar minor ten cup teams, all blacks, or um, have played in different franchises before. Um, it was a great chance to be able to connect and um, been able to talk to them. So, but um, yeah, it was a little bit weird. You kind of you know, you're going down for a coffee and you see the boys are going out for training or getting ready for games, and we haven't even played our games yet. And so, um, you know, I think actually I, I was I was rooming with George Bridge this week. And um, um, he forgot the toothpaste, so his job for the week was to be able to not to be able to um, get us the toothpaste, which was important on a, on a long tour, Ross. And um, going left, he's like, "Go, go to the left, man." And Tom Christie was next to us. Uh, I went right, and I knocked on the door. This is probably like ten o'clock at night, and one of the Fiji Fijian draw boys were, uh, was next door, and so I'm knocking on the door, thinking it's Tom Christie, actually peppering him peppering him as well, saying, "Open the door," <laughs> with a few uh, lovely lovely words. And it's one of the Fijian draw boys who, who have been asleep. So I'm like, oh, sorry, brass, Sorry, man. Vanaka. Sorry, man. Sorry, man. That, um, that uh, opened up the door. So I think kind of things like that, Ross. It's been uh, yeah. it's been interesting, but really enjoyable to see um, different teams here and been able to communicate and even talk to old coaches as well. Even talk to old coaches
0: as well. Did you offer some some toothpaste to say
2: sorry, sorry. at least? Uh, no, I was pretty embarrassed. and had pretty much had a red face on me, so um, I felt sorry for him. So whoever he was, um, I apologise, brother. And hopefully you got a good sleep there night. <laughs>
0: I suppose one of the interesting things about that is, like, I presume, and, and you tell me, Jipper, uh, whether this is the case, there's a certain etiquette when you walk past another <laughs> rugby player. You know, If you're in the street or out and about, you've got to at least give them the eyebrow, right?
1: Oh, there's there's definitely the eyebrow. There's normally um, a bit of chat too, to be fair. Um, I, I must admit, even for myself, there's a lot of um, you know, retired players bandied about over the weekend. Yeah. Um, and, and I caught up with a few of them as well. So it was certainly uh, an exciting round. I think the most exciting thing for it moving forward is um, potentially positioning it on a standalone weekend, obviously with the Warriors, a bit of AFL over here. Probably didn't get the crowds that they're after. I still think Saturday and Sunday, I think they're around 12 or 13,000. Um, but that's a 28,000-seater. Um, if it can get on a standalone weekend, we know the Melbourne public will come out in force because um, they just absolutely love their sport. And I think all the players and and Bryn will attest to this. They love the city.
0: That's difficult, isn't it? To make it standalone um, in in a city with so much sport on.
1: The earlier rounds, um, there'll be be those opportunities. And I know that, um, obviously, both um, national unions and and promoters are looking at what that may look like next year.
0: That'd be cool. Kick off the season with the Super Round, Bryn. Be 300 of you in another hotel (laughs) again just to start it all off.
2: Yeah, I think no, it would be good. I think yeah, it's been a great. Like I said, there's been a lot of teams been able to connect, and um, you know, the Melbourne public, well, what a city. You know, for us, we love being able to tour, and um, Melbourne's a great city. And so, um, you know, if COVID probably didn't happen with Omicron. Um, probably would that we probably would have been a little bit earlier, and, and you know, probably the advertising and being able to be not with a lot of sports on at that time would have been a lot better. But um, I don't know. Speaking as a player, um, but it was great to be able to get out and been able to see different teams. Um, been able to play and I guess for fans as well you've got a great spectacle been able to see different teams and <clears throat> in two days seeing a lot of rugby and if you're a rugby fan over in Melbourne or just in general um, hopefully you know there was a spectacle that you deserved and you, and you
0: want to come back next year hopefully we can get that done next year Geez, was there any food left on the buffet like you'd have to be out there at 6am wouldn't you to get to the buffet and get a coffee and, and have some breakfast well I'll tell you what um, where, where we're staying um, I don't even know I think we're staying like 20 minutes
2: away from what like, Amy Park or wherever we played and um, there's no coffee shops around. You can't, like, scooter anywhere. You can't walk. So the the staff here have just been under the pump. And there's the general public here as well. So, um, yeah, they they definitely deserve something after this because uh, they've been peppered the last uh, two, three days.
0: Let's carry on. You, you mentioned the draw players who now will be, you know, coming to knock on your door at any stage um, that they can. <laughs> um, their performance against the Blues, they had the Blues under quite a lot of pressure um, in that game. And the Blues, Jipper really survived off scraps and bits and bobs mm. what do you make of the blues disjointed win jipper
1: oh look i think they'll be disappointed in the most part that um they didn't manage to really retain too much possession. Um, and when they did they turned it over they had 19 turnovers and they only had about 40 percent possession, so that's a really high turnover count um and then on top of that they they limited themselves in their kicking game they only kicks and play 11 times um, so so it just wasn't the same sort of flow or, um, I suppose, that, that synergy that we've seen from the, from the team in the past weeks. Noting that there were a number of changes and, and probably a few sore bodies after last weekend, but uh, we've spoken about depth and the importance of depth and the importance of that next man up mindset. Uh, no doubt they'll be looking at that
2: this week and, and reviewing pretty hard. Mm.
0: What about RTS, Bryn? What did you make of his return to the starting team?
2: Oh, look, mate, it's solid, you know. I think the more time that, that Rod can be able to get into that position and being able to learn and being able to get in and have those experiences at 12, um, it's going to set him up really nicely. Look, we know um, how great he is with with his footwork and, um, you know, he, you know he, 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 he also had 12 tackles as well, which is probably good for him in that 12 position, being able to make decisions and make tackle under pressure, um, especially being at 12. And I think being able to have that connection with Rico is going to be really important moving forward. Um, you know, if they continue to have him at 12. For the rest of the season because look, Bryce team was fantastic um during um, that time when he was off and so um this kind of australian tour for Rodge has been able to get his um you know his mojo been able to get a feel what it like is to be a 12 because you know when he comes back home um you know you're going to be playing new zealand teams and then possibly um finals as well so look i think he's going all right i think the biggest thing for roger again it's been able to talk around it's that ability to, to Play games consistently, get that feel, um, get an understanding of what it is to because it's only his second or third you know, third game. He hasn't played too many games, didn't get to play that Bunnings NPC due to COVID back in Auckland when he was with Mitre 10, uh, with the Bunnings NPC, sorry. So look, I think just continue to keep getting better, keep selecting him, um, and then he'll be able to figure it out with how the world-class athlete and world-class player he is, he is as well.
0: It's an interesting predicament in that midfield spot, isn't it? We've got people like him. I know we talked about it at length last week, but you know this week we saw Quintu Pio, who would have been considered one of the favourites for that 12 jersey, out on the wing looking really, really good. Is he an international option, do you think, on the wing, chipper?
1: Oh, look, I, I think we've got to just be careful, and I think we've seen it over the last um, sort of end-year tour that we, we get more specialists, um guys focus on that one position they have the ability like we've seen with you know nankerville and and now quinta um, but i think he just needs to knuckle down you know early in his international career just focus on that 12 potentially 13 role and um, do that really well and look if there's drastic number of injuries and he has to slip in there then yes but i don't think it'll be coming into the selector's mind to to put him on the wing in. Well, as we we're saying, it's hard enough to pick the squad based on the back three at the moment. So I don't know if he's quite made the grade to
0: fit into that combo just yet. No, no, no. But certainly an option for them to think about while they're putting their 23 together and yeah. when they think about the coverage in different places.
1: A- absolutely. Like, I even had a little um, wry uh, grin towards Michael Collins, the CEO. When watching that game, I said, not bad for a, for a left winger. You've got a pretty good left winger there, my old mate. And uh, he he had a little laugh to himself. So everyone was pretty impressed with his performance. Um, and I suppose if you look at that try he scored, um Paul Will Harrison was probably wishing it was a winger because he's that tough twelve. He just ran over the top mm-hmm. of him and left him in, uh, in absolute bits.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, it wasn't pretty. On the other side of the field was Jonah Lowe. Now here's a guy. I suppose he scored four tries. He's a guy who, there's not a lot of fanfare about Joan Lowe. He just goes about his business. He's been in and around Super Rugby for a couple of years. Performs well at MPC level. Um, Bryn, where's this guy in the picking water? Is, is he a, a prospect or do we need to see a lot more from him to even put him into the conversation?
2: Oh, look, I think just coming back from Dripper's from point, there's just so much um, competition in, in the winging ranks at the moment. Um, and look, I think, you know, Jonah Lowe's been in around that New Zealand Mouldies environment as well, has played well there and um, has played for Hawke's Bay and their kind of um, resurgence and been able to win, win games and winning championships and winning games in, in that competition. But, um, yeah, I think it's just been able to play more consistently and been able to get more games under his belt. Um, you know, you look at the likes of Lester Anuka, who's been doing this now, what, this is his second year. He's been playing those kind of performances like he has had on the weekend. But um, look, you know, he's still young. Um, he's still, you know, I, I can imagine there's still things that he wants to work on in his game. But look, any time you can score four tries, um, you know, it gets, um, it gets the selectors looking. So um, I guess the thing for Jonah, it's very similar to Rog and uh, people that are coming back from injury. Um, it's been able to play more consistently and been able to get performances back to back. Being able to do that on a weekly basis and then you get yourself in to be able to have a position where um, you can play for the All Blacks in the in future.
1: Ross, I'll just jump in on that one as well. Um, I think Jonah has actually been playing really well in terms of attack and D, but I suppose the one area we know at international level with that aerial game um, and and being able to win those aerial battles, uh, whether it be from a contestable.
2: Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care,
1: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. From the opposition or you chasing the contestable, if we can see more of that in his game, then I think he will become a a, a real option.
0: I think we've overlooked a try, haven't we? Um, In in discussing his four, what about Bryn Hall's big dive for the line on the the weekend?
1: Mate, I tell you what, I was on um, Instagram just before that. He walked up to the line out I was going, Look at Bram Hall, he's in the zone and then he went and scored straight after that. And then a number of um, people uh, messaged me to remind me that we I, I sort of said last week that I was I was sniffing a try for him.
2: <laughs> I was no, it's one of those ones where you can probably uh, attest to this is that lum. You know, if, you, uh, if you're going to do those kind of dives, you know, you better make sure that you score it because um, if you get it knocked out, there's a bit of things that can happen around, you know, getting a knock on your hand and um, you don't score the try because uh, there's probably a few guys on the outside there are wanting that ball. So uh, good to get off the get off to the, the mic actually. No nudie run for me this year, so um, it's going to be pretty good. Obviously, <laughs> nobody wants to see me nude, so no nudie run for me this year.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's, have you done a few of those?
2: uh
1: I no it's always time, scoring so. tries.
2: yeah there's a, a couple of tough years of the blues man where you just didn't get any passes in the inside so um yeah oh here <laughs> we is go there, but nah. <laughs> thankfully thankfully i didn't not this year ross
0: all right and how does that work does the group get in together yeah everybody who hasn't scored has to do a nutty run together what's what's the story yet <laughs> Ah, oh, yeah, you know, India. You kind of India do possibly if you haven't scored a try. There
2: are some people, there are some teams that um that do that nerdy run if you don't score a try. So, um, thankfully, I wouldn't have to worry about that. But um, yeah, it's a it's a running joke in teams, and you know, probably Jips um you know probably seen it as well in his time as well.
0: Seen it as in been it.
1: <laughs> no mate, I always found a way to the line. Don't you worry about that. But these days, one, that's all that matters.
0: These days, you'd be the top <laughs> try scorer things have changed yeah, you no would. hook is ever no, going to do know. a nutty run ever again <laughs>
1: hopefully not
2: <laughs> <laughs> And saying that though jip and saying that though jip the fact like if you had to do it right now mate with the way you're looking and how much of good nick you're in it actually wouldn't be a bad sight mate if i'm being honest
1: oh mate i would get absolutely demo there'd be no no chance <laughs> of that happening ever Bryn.
0: <laughs> it really wouldn't be that much difference from a summer instagram would it Bryn? Well, that's it, mate. That's, <laughs> I knew it. It was that's it, mate. He's gonna be. It's time and time again, mate. He's even more ripped than he he was
2: 12 months ago. So. I think we actually need a post coming up, Jip. We need a shirt off, something of singing, or something we're moving forward. Oh, d- we will we'll give give the people what we want, mate. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. I'm, hey, z- be- I'm,
1: I'm zoning in. I'm zoning in for a 92 kilo.
0: <laughs> but before <laughs> you get the big bing bong and you get called into your plane to fly back over here to the side of the Tasman, let's get into the Dream Team selections uh, quickly. Of course, if you've been keeping up with the Dream Team on Rugby Pass, make sure that uh, you go onto the website and and when you're there put in your dream team for the week, who you thought was the form team that week. If you get it closest to the team that everybody else has selected, then you can win a subscription to Rugby Pass, and if you're the best over the course of a year, you get a chance to come on this show right here. Okay. so is Bryn Hall, courtesy of his dive, in your team of the week?
1: (laughs) Oh, mate, I wanted to put him in there, um, but I've I've actually um got jake gordon Uh, i thought jake gordon was outstanding for the waratahs and probably was the difference um you know for them and and having the ability to come back from a really tough start Uh, but Bryn was certainly next cab off the rank i thought he was outstanding when he came off as well (laughs) um but then um aiden ross i've got it one i've got samisoni takiaho who i thought um is getting back to that end of year tour form um was it was really physical and dominant in the collision Taniela Tupo, I just can't go past watching the guy. Whenever the ball's around him or he's lining up defensively, he, he's he's something's going to happen. Um, and also, I think his scrummaging and his core roles is um, you know really strong. Uh, Jed Holloway, the the skip from the Waratahs, um, and a lot Tupovati, uh, excuse that uh, announcement <laughs> behind me. Um, Darren Alangi from um from the draw. I thought he was outstanding. And his little Kicking game, his little grubbers in behind were, were exceptional. As I said, that, that, that'll that probably be on the highlight reels for a while. Um, Blackadder at seven. Um, as always, just into everything, destroying everything. Huge work, great. Pete Sama I thought was great in the eight jersey and, and very similar to Blackadder, you know, physical and into everything. Uh, I mentioned Jake Gordon. Richie Moanga at ten. I thought um, his control and his management, even when you guys were under pressure, Bryn, um, he never at one mm. point looked flustered. Um, and he, and he, knew it, he knew it would come. And I think also on that um it shows the experience of jack Goodhue. it just seemed really composed in that 10 12 access and that it allowed everyone else yep. to free up once those points started coming um got nankovor 12 reeks remains at 13 which i think he'll stay there forever um, listifying <laughs> 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 and if on the 11. jonah lowe 14 and geordie barrett at 15.
0: very nice are you close to that brin
2: wow i was just going to say Jeff, we're probably going to be pretty, very, very similar. I don't think I've got many changes, to be honest. I think I have got two changes um, at six. I had Pablo Matera at six. Oh. I thought, look, he was...
1: I knew it would be a was, Crusader. Um...
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, his, his soccer skills, mate, got him, got him over the line because I thought, nah, just take aside his, um, his ability to be able to set up that try. It was probably his best game in a Crusaders jersey and probably the way that we've probably seen him playing in Argentina, uh, sorry, with Argentina, Around his ability on the edge, um, offloads, going attacking in the line with a bit of space and then a bit of flair as well. And you know he has physicality, um, was second to none as well. So I've got Pablo at six, um, and I've also got Colin Grace at eight, who's probably just been doing the hard work, all the grunt work that um, you know a lot of people people don't see. But um, yeah, I've gone um, I've gone Kelly at number eight. I wanted to go Ethan Blackhead a job, but I can't have an all loose four trio, can I? With the Crusaders, I've actually got Sam Kane. <laughs> no, you I went Sam just, Kane.
1: Just. Name one to fifteen
0: Crusaders. <laughs> just, well, just whatever Scott Robertson names that week, we'll just put into the lineup. Eh? <laughs> yeah.
2: No, well that's, that's the only, that's, that's, that's the only uh, three differences actually in the loose forward trail with Pablo and Sam Kane at seven and Cully at eight. But other than that, I've gone um, the rest. I've gone with Jipper, and it's exactly who I've gone. I've got Gordon, Richie, but, Lester, Nank, Rico, Jonah Lowe, and then Jordy Barrett at wet. So not not too far away, Jip.
1: <laughs> nice, mate. I'll make sure there's a few more red and blacks in there next week. But I just, I just sort of considered Samo, you know, once a crusader, always a crusader. But, you know, you've just dropped him, so that's fine.
2: <laughs> he's a Brumby, mate. He's a Brumby. Nah. <laughs> he did play well, though. He did he, he did play well. But Cully's been playing well in the last couple of weeks. And so he's probably due to be in the Form 15. and scored a nice little uh, try on the weekend from the support
0: line of Rich as well. Nice, nice. Okay, well, no, I Jip,
1: agree. Both those boys have been going well.
0: Jeff, why don't we let you Sorry. go now? You can go catch a plane, um, head back over the side of the Tasman, and uh, we'll see you in studio next week, eh? Oh,
1: can't wait. Uh, looking forward to getting home and um, have a safe trip, Bryn. Wish you all the best. You've got a big few weeks ahead of you, mate. So go well.
2: Cheers, boy. Fly well, mate.
0: Awesome. Thanks, Chip. OK, Bryn, well, while you're still here, let's carry on, eh? Um, let's have yeah, a look at some of up. the things that have been going in, on in rugby this week. So we, we spoke a little bit about the midfield before. Um, Alex Nankerville, um, Balen Sullivan, are other guys who really impressed on the weekend. Yeah. Uh, we, we discussed them last week. But week on week on week, these guys continue to rack up performances. And they're very consistent. They're very flexible in where you can pick them. Um, Mm-hmm. Is, are they getting closer? Are there changes the way you think that this is going? The setup's going to be.
2: Oh, I think for those boys because you know there's probably guys that are that are incumbents in, in, in that squad and probably you know they probably worked their way in there for three years of work and other than Tapai, obviously who was who was selected last year, um, but I think for those guys it's continue to keep playing well. You know, with Alex Nankervell we continue to keep talking about him and all you can really do. Is control what you can control. And if you continue to keep putting in good performances like Alex Nankifu has been doing for the Chiefs, to be able to move Quintipai and All Black onto the wing, you know, that speaks, that speaks volumes. And then being able to see Baylon Sullivan, who's, you know, probably been playing his trade a little bit and probably hasn't had the opportunities at Super Rugby level. Um, we've been able to see some more performances, again, where he was outstanding on the weekend. So I think for guys like that, that Ross, then, they want to be able to stake their claim um, for the All Blacks. Considering the World Cup isn't too far away and they're probably pencil in their squad around what they're looking like building towards that Um, the more games you can keep consistently play guys like us that continue to keep pumping them up or uh, media critics as well um, being able to um, see their performance as well it can only help them moving forward to be able to uh, be in the conversation which is all you can which is all you can do and it's all based on the selectors and the coaches if they want them in the squad moving forward
0: I suppose the hard thing, you know, not far out from a World Cup is thinking about how much you make change and when you look at what they've got mm. the class that's already been there is is undeniable the the issue in the midfield really is who is it rather than you know, if you know what I mean like from within the people that yeah. they've got there there are so many choices and they need to be consistent choices. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think they do. I think they do, Ross, and you know you probably look at the, actually the last World Cup. A lot of the guy, a lot of the older guys, you know, the likes of the Ben Smiths or Ryan Crotty's, that had been there for a, for a long time. Um, they went with the hot the hot form, with the likes of Jack Goodhue, Sevey Reese, who you know was put into that squad early doors uh, from his performances with the Crusaders, and those guys ended up starting in a World Cup semi final. So um, the form can 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 put you in there, um, but I think I guess with the the midfielders at the moment, unfortunately probably just haven't um, got a pairing that we want to move, move forward to that, that they clearly don't know what it's going to be. Um, so I, I could imagine they'll be prepping around an idea of what that might look like. Um, but there's just probably a lot to play for, especially in that position, Ross, um, because there's just so many players that have played through the duration of the last World Cup and probably haven't figured out who it's going to be. But I think it is important um, to be able to get there and give that combination an opportunity to perform and being able to get their continuity um, and cohesion, which is going to be really important going into Rugby World Cup um, in, those, in those kind of scenarios and conditions.
0: It's interesting you say that. I had a conversation with Warren Gatland a couple of years ago um, about the All Blacks selections at the last World Cup. Um, and who played in the semi-final and who played in the third, fourth playoff game against Wales. Yep. And what and <coughs> Warren said to me was he felt like the better team played against Wales. Because he looked at the team, he looked at Ryan Crotty, Sonny Bill Williams, he looked at, um, mm. at uh, Ben Smith as well and said, hey, this is the team that had all the experience. This is the team that knew about World Cup and World Cup winning kind of stuff. Um, why on earth would they move away from that in, in a World Cup environment? You, know, it, it, you, you can't be chopping and changing. You can't be throwing away years of ideas and understanding, I suppose, when you get to that point of time.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think you're right, Ross. But I think at the same time, um, you know, you look at the kind of performances that they had in, in that World Cup, um, you know, they were, they were warranted on their performances because through, through pool play and then through the kind of quarterfinal stage, um, they were playing really well. But I think what it does open up to is that experience side. Um, you know, it's a pretty fair call from Warren and his analysis around that because, you know, look, there's guys that are season pros and have a pretty good understanding around um, situational football which I guess in, in World Cups is, is pretty important to be able to understand. And you know, I look at the likes of you know, Ryan Crotty and Matt Todd um, and those guys, the kind of big games that they have played in, in those kind of um, years before that semi-final, uh, probably set them up well in that third and fourth, which we saw, you know, a pretty more convincing game and a probably more convincing win um, in that World Cup stage. So, um, but I think you are right in, in a certain extent around um, they need to make a call around it and be able to give you know those guys the best opportunity be able to perform at a high level, which you know we all want as players and
0: you know, people in New Zealand as well. Let's get into rethinking rugby. Now, if you missed last week's episode, um, we'd, what we're doing each week is having a look at ways that we can make the game as good as it can be. Last week, uh, we discussed uh, whether we should have shirts on the back of jerseys to help marketing, etc. And off the back of that, we've had some comments come through and some ideas come through about things that we should discuss that rugby could rethink. <laughs> Now, please keep all of those things coming through to us, all of those ideas, and we will discuss them. This week, Bryn, was a bit of an outside idea, one I'd never considered, and um, it's, it's pretty out there, but it's kind of interesting. Should rugby consider moving the goalposts from the try line to the dead ball line like they do in the NFL? It would get the posts out of the way, I suppose, and free up the centre of the field, wouldn't it? Uh, what do you think? Oh... Probably not. Probably not. Not a fan of
2: that one, if I'm being honest. I think um, it probably just takes away the opportunity to be able to score points in that zone. Like if you look at the example on the week, well, when we played the Rebels, um, the ability to be able to use the goal line as, a, as an advantage of being able to score points, you know, so um, it takes away the opportunity to be able to score points through that way. Um, it's hard to defend as well. You know, having that having that goal line and being able to have an advantage kick space um, actually takes away a bit of the line speed in it kind of second guess not knowing if you can be able to get that space so I guess if you take that away um, to a certain extent it does take the defense It gives the defense a lot more um, play and a lot more opportunities in that zone but um, for me Ross I was a big advocate last week for the uh, for the names (laughs) on the back but I can't imagine um, a lot of players would be happy if we uh, put the NFL goalposts that didn't have that um, ability to be able to still use the goal the goal line as as an attacking weapon on, on attack.
0: The other thing that i 'm sure it would do is it would make it harder to kick penalties. you know you, suddenly a, a, a 50 meter kick is a sixty meter kick, and you know maybe there 'll be a little bit more onus on not having to get so far up the uh, on your attacking play and, and putting tries a little bit further forward because it 's harder to collate points, especially with people like Reese Hodge and Geordie um, Barrett able to slot them from a million miles yeah. away. <clears throat>
2: Yeah, well, yeah, I guess these day and age, mate, you know, a lot of guys can kick from 60 odds. so... Um, but, um, yeah, I think what it would do if that, if that was the case, um, you know, you'd see a lot more probably attacking lineouts. outs um, you know, guys going for the corner a lot more other than going for a penalty. Uh, but I think, again, I think the points that I brought up would be pretty, um, you know, pretty tough to be able to take that away because look, I think the initiative of having that goal line dropout has been great as well. Um, it's another way for teams to be able to attack and show... Um, I think defensively as well, um, you know, you probably look at the pass if you didn't score a line-out more, um, the attacking team would then go for a lot, for a drive, or sorry, for a scrum. And then if you've got a dominant scrum, you can need exert pressure and be able to put teams under pressure and score points that way. But I think it just shows that with teams going to the line-out a little bit more, um, you better make sure you score the try because you're actually going to relieve a lot of pressure if you actually don't get uh, the, the ball over the line because it's, um, you know, you don't score points and then the pressure's off and then you can uh, you know take a deep breath and then be able to, um, you know, Defend from um, a little bit longer out against right, right on the goal line.
0: So I think that's a no from us.
2: <laughs> it's a no for me, Ross, unfortunately. I, I was a big you. advocate for you last week, but uh, <laughs> no, this week, I, I'm going to struggle with that one. Maybe the viewers, maybe our viewers might find a little bit different in the comment section. I'd love, to, I'd love to know what they think.
0: That's a little left field. Please keep them coming. If you've got any ideas you want us to discuss, keep them coming. That's left field, but you know we'll, we'll keep having a chat about what they've got coming up. Okay, let's have a look at the week ahead. We've got a few games coming up this weekend. The Reds versus the Chiefs. Did the Reds do enough in the first half to make you think that they can beat the Chiefs this weekend?
2: Yeah, I think they will, mate. I think they will. Um, hey, mate. Oh, come in here, mate. Come in, mate. Got the big fella. Goodness got the me. big fella That's here. Right. Welcome, Razor. All
0: right, you might as well. You might as well ask him a question. You might as well ask him a question, Ross. you got him? Anything. <laughs> you caught me on the fly. <laughs> <That whole competition. laughs> well, we're in the middle of our uh, predictions at the moment, Razor. Uh, we're just starting them off. Um, the big question to start with was the, the Reds obviously went up seventeen nil early on against the Canes. Um, is that enough to make you think that they could possibly beat the Chiefs?
1: Hundred percent.
2: There we go. We can use that. We can use oh, no, that no, no, piece. No, no. We can use that piece. <laughs> any
1: Kiwi team can. Think about any quick Kiwi mm. team can turn it on just like that, and the game can change. In five minutes, is enough enough strike, strike power. So, on a serious note, the, that's probably the point of difference at the moment. The, the amount of finishes, mm. explosive players the Kiwi teams have got compared to the Australians. I'm not saying that like the, the Bombers got their... Trademarks, haven't they? They could go to a great scrum and line out a wall. We know that um, in the region, like Avunavale or something, or Danguni can have a crank. It, it can change the game pretty quickly, but probably Strike Weapons is the biggest thing.
0: Strike Weapons. And, and why do you feel like that's a thing in New Zealand rugby over maybe Australian rugby at the moment? Is that just a matter of the talent coming through, or is that a matter of knowing how to use the talent coming through? I'll leave that up to Brendan. <laughs> Next there, right? We're
2: going to get our viewers
0: to go up now. We're going to get our viewers to go up now, mate. We can use that. We can use that. He's out of there. He's out of there. Uh, the Force, be the Blues. Uh, where do you see that going? Uh, I'll go the Blues. Yeah, I'll go the Blues. Nice, nice. Uh, Drew v Highlanders
2: from a spirited performance the door. The, I think it's in Fiji as well Ross I believe
0: uh, yeah that's right home game
2: yeah it's in Fiji so look it'll be a, oh, I've played in Fiji before and it's a it's a hostile environment and I can only imagine um, they're mad uh, rugby fans over in Fiji so um, I'll pick the Highlanders, but um, I think it's going to be a great occasion for uh, the Fiji and Terua, their team. Um, They've given so much to Fiji and Arabia, and it's great to see that they'll get a home game and be able to play in front of their people, but I'll, I'll pick the Highlanders.
0: Yeah, those Chiefs-Crusaders games that were over there, I was at the first one, and that was it was just great fun. Like The atmosphere and yeah. everything going on there was amazing. And the games both turned out to yeah. be crackers, didn't they? Yeah, they did, mate,
2: and they're just—they're um, just big fans. Like even before the game, you know, they are they there three hours before watching the warm up. You know, we're not even there, and you know, they're singing. Um, there's music blasting, and um, you know, they really enjoy the rugby. So that's going to be a great occasion, and you know, really looking forward to seeing how that game goes. And um, you know, hopefully the Fiji and Dror can do, put on a performance that their um, their fans will be proud of.
0: Waratahs v Crusaders. Oh, I'll pick us, mate. Pick <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think there's any reason not to think that that's the case. Um, Rebels and Moana Pacifica. Do you think that the Rebels stand a chance there? Oh, that would be a good game. Um, I'm going to go Moana.
2: I'll go Moana. But I think, look, I think if the Moana Pacifica don't get a good start, and they don't get it right. Um, just from how we played the Rebels on the weekend, they've got a spirited team at the moment. Going uh, to show a lot of resilience, so... Um, It'll be a tough game, but I think the Moana will just pip them. And
0: Brumbies v Hurricanes. I'll go Brumbies. Brumbies at home. It's pretty hard to go against Brumbies at home considering where they are on the table and and the results that they they got on the weekend, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, they've got a lot to play. They've got a lot to play for. Awesome. Okay. Hey, well, thanks very much, Brenner. You've got to take off too, don't you? You've got a pool session and then you're uh, off across the country. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the, enjoy your trip to Sydney. Uh, we'll catch you soon. Cool. Uh, thank you to you. Thank you to Razor. Uh, we'll see you again next week, mate. All the <laughs> best.
2: Cheers, Ross, mate. Thanks, mate. Enjoy.
0: Uh, cheers. Uh, and that is the Aotearoa Rugby Pod for another week. I'm Ross Carl, Brenna Hall, James Parsons, back next week. Hopefully another, you know, uh, contribution for a crusader walking past as well. Uh, but thank you very much for joining us. Catch all the rugby on Sky Sport and also get all your analysis on rugbypass.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer.